This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Happy Tuesday, Raider Nation. It is time for another edition of Silver and Black Today. Welcome back. We are an Odyssey original podcast. We talk Raiders football, and unfortunately for Raider Nation, uh, another loss, as we talked about on our postgame show on Sunday. But joining me now on the Tuesday edition is my regular co-host. That, of course, is Mr. Mo Moten. He is the NFL National writer for Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist for SportsNot.com. He dropped a column late yesterday on three reasons the Raiders are struggling. I think that was what it was. Three reasons, right? Right, Mo? Yep, that's correct. That's right. So make sure you go up and read that. Follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. If you're watching us on YouTube or wherever, you can see the handles down in the corner there. I am at LV Gully. And Mo, we haven't talked to you since the game. I rewatched the game for the second time today, particularly what I do is when I rewatch the game, I'll focus in on one area and um, I can't help but notice, and you name this in your three uh, reasons why the Raiders are struggling piece up on sports, not um, the running game, the Raiders come out, run the ball effectively with a sick Josh Jacobs, a guy who's coming off an illness, undisclosed illness, maybe the flu, something like that. It, it certainly was something they were concerned with. But Josh Jacobs is a gamer. He goes out, he plays. They establish the run earlier on, and then they fall behind. And 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 as we saw before, Josh McDaniels abandons the run. And looking back at it, that early abandonment of the run and the inability of the offense to sustain and score in the red zone is what doomed this team in that game. Do you agree with that assessment? Yes, and I actually tweeted this Monday night, and a lot of people were saying, well, Someone, I think, tweeted at me and said, Derek Carr does better when he's free, and you got to let Derek Carr be free at the offensive. I, I don't think that has anything to do with the Raiders' struggles. To me, a good team in the red zone has an effective ground attack. doesn't necessarily have to be a run-first team, but you have to be able to effectively run the ball, and you have to give your running back some volume. Once you get in the red zone, so they're used to taking those carries, taking those hits, and making some plays in critical situations. And the Raiders just... Josh McDaniels, I should say, goes away from the run game too early, I believe. What what peed me, and I texted you and Evan Grode of Just Pie Baby this. The Raiders came out against the second worst run defense in the league. Yes. And they're running wide receiver reverses for Devontae Adams. <laughs> that angered me. And I'm like, Josh, yeah. Josh McDaniels has to keep it. And I said this the last show I was on last week. Josh McDaniels has to simplify things. You didn't have to run a wide receiver reverse. Looks cool and everything. I get it. But he was going into his bag of tricks throughout the whole Titans game. And I think he should have just kept the game plan simple. And that's go at the Titans run defense. They had Danico Archer. They have Danico Archer and Jeffrey Simmons who can rush the passer. But those guys 
have been helping the Titans, Titans interior run defense, and the Raiders just did not do enough of that early in the game, which I felt they should have. Now, one quick point. I think the comparison for me, and I didn't mention this in the column because I didn't want to bring up Gruden too much, but one thing I could say about John Gruden was he was very good at the first scripted plays of the game. So yeah. he would look at an opponent's weakness, and you would see the Raiders would attack that weakness. Weakness, And this is why the Raiders would jump out to the leads early against teams. But Josh McDaniels, with the exception of the Cardinals game so far, to me, I'm not saying they're not studying the opponent, but it's like they don't get what the opponent's weakness is. And the Chargers had one of the worst run defenses last year, and they ran the ball, I believe, five times before they fell behind multiple scores. Remember, the Chargers didn't go up two scores until 35 seconds left in the first half of that game. Right. Right. But you only get Josh Jacobs five carries against a bad run defense from last year. And I, and same thing again, as I said, against the Titans, you're going up against a bad run defense and you complicated the game plan. Yeah, Mo, and I don't know about you, but growing up, I used to play football in the street a lot. And every once in a while, we'd go up to the park. Wherever we could just throw it around, we would. And I remember we would get in our, our two-person huddle, right, and say, okay, you're going to go around me and then I'm going to toss you the ball and then you're going to go around this way. This is what I got the impression of. When you're talking about, and this is the third time in three games we've seen these slow developing plays behind an offensive line that you can't decide on five guys. It blows my mind. And listen, we're going to talk about players who are underperforming later in the show, but the coaching and the decision-making, and to me, Mo, the lack of game planning. You mentioned the rush defense for the Tennessee Titans, second worst in the league. I get it. You fall behind two scores, but it's early in the third quarter. You have plenty of time to continue to run the ball so that you can open up a better passing game for your quarterback. And on in the press conference on Monday, Josh McDaniel stood up there against it. Well, we got back uh, multiple scores, right? And Evan Grote, our good buddy, said that he was going to say that. He said, you watch. In the press conference, he's going to say, well, we fell behind two scores. It's excuses, and you can't get into the, the, the rhythm of giving excuses when you underperform. And I, I'm telling you that this is a big problem earlier on, early on in this season, and I do blame most of it on the coaching staff. The lack of focus in practice, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller all mentioned it. Where is that coming from? You are the boss. Do your job, Josh McDaniels, and make sure you know what the hell is going on going into a game. See, this is the problem. This is what people talk about when you have an offensive coordinator who's not a good head coach. So let's be clear here. Not, I'm not saying this is the case with Josh McDaniels. It's not looking good so far. But some offensive coordinators are just meant to be offensive coordinators. <laughs> They're not a, When you're a head coach, you have to be a motivator of men. And I know people will say, well, these guys are making millions of dollars. They should have, they should have self-motivation. Yes, in a perfect utopian world, that is true. <laughs> but as we all know, we, go to, we all have jobs. Well, most of us have jobs, right? You've ever gone to work and you got a good paying job and there are just some people around you who are motivated to come to work. And there are some people who just aren't. They need a kick in the butt. And the, and the same goes for the NFL and sports. It's the same thing. These guys are making millions and millions of dollars, but some guys need an extra kick in the butt. And I think yeah. that's what the Raiders need. And I want to tie that to something that Merce said that alarmed me on Sunday when he said he was at the game and he said there was no fire. He didn't see any fire within the Raiders players outside exactly. of maybe Trent Sieg and the special teams, you know, AJ Cole and those guys. But to me, that's worrisome. You got it. You're going into Nashville. You're 0-2. And it's and I know Vic Tafer said this in the athletic that it's basically kind of like an elimination game if you want to be a playoff team because it, it shortens it, it decreases your chances significantly if you go down 0 0 and 3. 
12%. So so now you're talking about a team that lacks the fire, 0-2 on the road. That's a problem. It goes back to motivation and leadership. But I will say one thing, too, and I'm going to talk about Carhan, and the car supporters are going to be mad at me for this, but I don't care. Part of this, part of the leadership circle in the Raiders locker room, Derek Carr has to be part of that. So I'm tired. I'm kind of sick and tired of hearing not the Derek Carr saying put it on me because that's what he's supposed to say, but I'm tired of hearing Derek Carr saying, "Well, I'm not happy with the practice habits because he did." He said this last year. This isn't new. He no. said this last year and previous years. I'm not happy with the practice habits. I'm not happy with the way things are going in practice. I want to hear what did you do when you noticed that you didn't like the practice habits you you've been in that locker room for nine years yes you're basically the longest tenured raider there now right you're the leader captain so this is your locker room now right you're the leader you're the captain when you see guys are slacking off at practice when you when you're not liking the results at practice you have as a leader you have to pull a guy by by his car and say we got to pick it up we're owing two we're on the road we got to tighten things up so yes it's one thing to point out the problem you're not happy with the practice. You're not happy with certain things that are, that are going on at practice. But as the leader, you have to be part of the solution and say, look, we got to pick it up. So I, I just that kind of bothered me a little bit that I keep hearing. Yeah, practice, practice, practice. But what are you doing to tighten up those practices? Right. And listen, I understand. Have you ever seen Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, those guys, Patrick Mahomes, even at his thing. Have you ever seen them go at a guy on the field because he's not doing his job? I have, many I have. times. Mm-hmm. Derek and Carr, really quick. Yeah, I, I, and really quick. I'm not asking Derek Carr to turn into Rich Gannon overnight. No, and I know a no. lot of fans romanticize that he needs to be Rich Gannon. No, he doesn't need to be. He, Derek Carr needs to be himself. But as a leader, if you're a leader of that football team, your voice has to be heard. Right, and and again, nine year veteran. Okay, this isn't a third-year quarterback, a second-year quarterback. That's my issue there. But I, but I look at that, and I'm going to go back, and we're going to spend some more time on Derek Carr soon here in the show because we have to, uh, along with Darren Waller and some of the other guys. Uh, but again, you talked, you hit on something very important here, which was leadership. And Josh McDaniels comes in here. This, this, even from us, Mo, I'm looking back at it, and I'll admit it. I'll be 100% honest here. They had a honeymoon. We said, boy, these guys, it's a different business. They're operating differently. It's so professional. It's accountability. It's discipline. It's focus. All the stuff we said. And right now, I don't know who that guy is because that guy's not in the building. Uh, And I don't see any organizational prowess here whatsoever. I see, you know, you you, you hear all the stuff about Hackett in Denver. He had to hire somebody to help him with game planning. I don't think Josh McDaniels is far off from that, which is probably why Mark Davis had a a closed-door meeting with him after his third game as head coach because something is wrong. Something is rotten. Something is not working. The communication styles, the message, it's just not resonating with these players because they're not reacting. It's funny because you mentioned it. It sounded all good in the offseason. You're hearing yeah. about him making guys run for making mistakes, and you're, you're right. We talked about it. We was like, this is a good turn of events. This is what the Raiders needed for discipline and accountability. And then then they go down 0-2, and I hear Murph say, well, there's no fire on the sideline. Derek Carr is talking about lackluster practices. Other, other prominent players are talking about lackluster practices. Guys are saying, this is not my job. That's not my job. Not a good sign. 
I was watching uh, a specific show. I won't name it because I don't want to give other other uh, platforms promotion. But Sean Payton was asked about what does it mean when a coach has to meet with an owner this early in the season? And first of all, he said, first of all, it's never good. Right. But this, he said, what I would compare it to is when you're a young kid and your mom says, wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> and you know how those conversations go once the door closes. Yes. And I thought that was a really good analogy because obviously it's not good, but it's obvious that, as you said, Mark Davis notices something has gone awry. And Vic Taper wrote about something in The Athletics saying that Mark Davis had been preoccupied with the Aces in their national title run in the parade. And now that he's paying attention to the Raiders, he's probably saying, whoa, whoa, we, we were a 10-7 and 7 playoff team last year. We add Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones, who's gone missing on a milk carton. But we're supposed to be a better football team. How are we starting off 0-3 and looking at the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs before a bye, possibly going 0-5 if we don't beat our division rivals? Yes, and, and I, I think Vic picked up on something with the Aces, not just because I don't like the WNBA. I know some people who watch might be thinking <laughs> that just because I, I somewhat dismiss the WNBA and all 300,000 people, which is less than people who watch a Yankee game on a Wednesday, watch the championship game. Um, oh my God. But we'll, yeah, I looked it up. We will talk about Mark Davis because I think there is something here because it's organizational, right? You have the kids were at home, okay, Mo? The kids were at home and the booze was out, okay? And certainly, maybe you trusted the kid not to drink the booze, but it looks like Josh McDaniel's been boozing it up because this team is so off kilter. And I'm just – look, I've only covered the Raiders for five years. I haven't been a 30-year fan like some of the folks who watch and listen to the show. God bless you. Um, <laughs> and I'm tired of excuses. I don't care who the coach is. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care who the defensive coordinator is. I don't care who the tight end is. It doesn't matter. The excuses have to stop. There is no excuse for this team to dole out the money it doled out in the offseason and be 0-3, to be the only 0-3 team in the NFL. Okay, to have a 12 percent chance going back to 1980 now using those stats, 1980, 0 and 3, 12 percent chance to make the playoffs. That means you're, I don't know, three or four win, losses away from from perhaps having a losing record overall, even if you went on a nice run. Uh, and I remember in the offseason two mode, you remember this? Anything less than a playoff berth was failure. Well, guess what? That Absolutely. might already be there. It's it's baffling to me that you even though Chandler Jones hasn't appeared, I mean yeah. he had a couple of pressures on Sunday, but it's just not enough if you're paying a guy, you know, three years fifty one million, just nearly not enough. And side note, people came at me about coming at Chandler Jones. <laughs> and guess what? Jonathan <laughs> Vilma said it during the broadcast. Yes, he did. They need they need to see a little more from Chandler Jones. Rich Gannon on social media said Chandler Jones needs to step it up. Where has he been? Mm -hmm. And I was on it since last week. I talked about it for almost a quarter of a show last week. I said, Chandler yes. Jones, I know he's got a, a little, few pressures here and there, a run stop here and there. But for what the Raiders are paying him, he's got to give a lot more. Now, if they were paying him $8 million, yeah, he's doing enough for an $8 million player. But for $17 million a year, $32 million guaranteed, falling way short. And I, and I know I got off point here, but... It, it's just <laughs> it's easy. It, it, it's 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 baffling to me that the Reds can add Devontae Adams, have the tenth ranked scoring offense, 
and the 0 and 3. And I tweeted this not to tweet it as a silver lining, and people got snarky with me. I said the Raiders outscored every AFC West team on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Chiefs lost, Chargers lost, Denver Broncos won, but they only scored 11 points. So yeah. Raiders outscored those teams. The Raiders, the, the issue with the Raiders is they don't have they have intermittent problems. Like they'll play. 15 minutes of good football. They'll play a half of good football, which you saw in Arizona. And they'll score points in those good moments. But once they get in the red zone, they're 26 in red zone offense. And I said this on Twitter on Monday night. I said, if the Raiders effectively run the ball, they will be a lot better in the red zone. But Josh McDaniel's refusal to run the ball and give the ball to Josh Jacobs, even before he got sick, is hurting them in the in the red zone. And I don't know why he's refusing to run the ball because during the offseason, what did they do? They drafted two running backs, Samir White in the fourth round, Britton Brown in the seventh round. In the preseason games, what did they do a lot of the times? Established the run with a bunch of running backs. We got on this show numerous times and said, man, this running back room is talented. They got a bunch of backs. They could balance the offense. Everyone's talking about Darren Weller, Hunter Renfro, and Devontae Adams, but they got a good group of running backs. They could balance their offense. Guess what? We're three weeks into the season, and the Raiders have the fewest rushing attempts in the league. It's, it's just... It's baffling to me, and that was one of the points on my article on Sports Night was they have to have a stronger commitment to the run game. I don't care if they fall behind at some point early in the game when you're playing teams with bad run defenses as they did against the Chargers, against the Titans. Yeah. Run the freaking ball. Right, because, Mo, all you have to do, even if you're two scores behind, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and it's going to open up one big long play to Waller. Or a big long play to Adams or to Moreau, like we saw early in the game. That's what happens when you establish the run. You see it work, like you said. It's so perplexing to see it work, and then it's abandoned. It just does not make a lot of sense. It goes back to what you said last week after the Arizona loss, um, and even the week before that you said it as well, which is sometimes these offensive geniuses get inside their own head and they get too cute, right? And they decide that they can do more. Well, let's do this. Let's do a razzmatazz uh, end around uh, <laughs> on the bad side of the offensive line. That's that's a musical chairs, right? So, so I don't I don't understand what is going on here. It's not working. The closed door meeting was bad. I was asked today on another show if I thought that if they went zero and four, if Josh McDaniels would get fired. I said no. Mm. Um, but if they listen, if they go zero and four, they're going zero and five. Because I don't think they're going to go to Kansas City and beat. I don't think there's any chance in hell they win that game. Okay, I'm just going to say it right now. Sorry, Raider Nation. Just the way it is. If they go 0 and 5, something would change. I don't know if it's Josh McDaniels, but something would go on because you can't. You cannot possibly go 0 and 5 to start the season with all the money you doled out, the veterans you got in there, and that veteran offense. I want to talk about. We're going to take our first break, Mo, uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little more about the offense. The defense and some key star players. You mentioned one earlier that we still have the APB on. No one's been able to find him, Chandler Jones. We'll talk about him as well when we come back. You're listening to Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition. We will have some positive later in the show. I promise. We'll find something. <laughs> we gotta. Uh, but anyway, we'll be back with you right after this one. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 